we go. We're connected. We got some music coming for somebody. Oh, for a voice like thunder and a tongue to drown the throat of war. When the senses are shaken and the soul is driven to madness. Who can stand? When the souls of the oppressed fight in the troubled air that rages, who can stand? When the whirlwind of fury comes from the throne of God and the frowns of his countenance drive the nations together, who can stand? When sin claps his broad wings over the battle and sails rejoicing in a flood of death, when souls are torn to everlasting fire and fiends of hell rejoice upon the slain, oh, who can stand? Oh, who have caused this? Oh, who can answer at the throne of God? The kings and the nobles of the land have done it. Hear it not, heaven, thy ministers have done it. Okay, we'll get Lorraine here tailing off with it all by and get our little show started here this morning. Did you guys hear that on the Jitsi board by any chance? Yep. Oh, yes. Oh, it came through. Ah, yes. Paul, so there you go. Huh? Uh, there's something snafu on Brave. Anyway, good morning. When is the edition here? Uh, pretty important day, June 7th. If you look back historically, and maybe kind of an important day for us. Uh, Roger Sales, your host here, and of course we're on the Radio Ranch, and uh, at this point I turn it over just to get as if Paul isn't involved enough, but we want to give him a little a little stage time, so I want Paul to go over all the places that we are, and Paul, we may have another one lurking out there for you here pretty quickly, we'll see. Thank you for joining us for the Radio Ranch with Roger Sales. Press star six to mute and unmute. There are 23 participants in the conference. That's got a few in there. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I might have hit the wrong button when I was trying to exit. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. Paul's having a little trouble this morning here. Isn't he? You get there, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. <laughs> I, I, I think I might hit the wrong button when I was trying to get out of a phone call. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, man, we really want to start off with a bang on today's show. Paul, you want to tell the folks what uh, what platforms were on there? Paul can't talk. Cat's got his tongue. Okay, well, the flagship is Eurofolk Radio Network. Of course, we're on global dot, globalvoiceradio.net. We're on so, two TV platforms. I we're, again, we're on, we're on, okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm, I, I'm back. I, now, I had to, to reallocate myself as a co-host so I could actually unmute myself. Okay. Easy, Paul. One Easy. Of, down, Paul. Yeah. Down. Yes, we're on eurofolkradio.com. And we're also on radio.globalvoiceradio.net. And um, let's see, are we on homenetwork.tv? Oh, yes, we are. Homenetwork.tv and freedomnation.tv. 
Yeah, yeah, we're there. And of course, uh, you can find the links to all the platforms, all the phone numbers, all the ways to join the show on exposethematrix.com. Uh, right there, right there underneath uh, Roger's book. Okay, may have another one here pretty shortly. Hey, Paul. Did you see that email I sent you last night? Um, no, actually, I didn't see well that email yet. But I'll be looking uh, at it. Okay, so when well, when you hear a woohoo, well, uh, interrupt everything, you'll know that I saw it. Okay, well, let me just give you a progress of events here. Last night, I was uh, popped over to the email client just to see if any good good folks are reaching out and there's an email from Todd Callender what and I just about swallowed my tongue and uh, I want to thank Ron Hoffman Ron Hoffman has uh, had emailed him and uh, I don't know for how long or what level of communication they developed but whatever it was uh when he answered ron back he copied me in and of course anthony's been working on him for almost a year i think since last october and he was going over his case in the tenth circuit and some of this and i i noodled on it for a while i've learned that in this deal you sit back and think these things through rather than turn around and fire something right off in the heat of the moment so I thought about it for a little while before I went to bed. I dropped him uh, just a little concise overview of what we do. And I asked him if we could have a telephone conversation because it's so much easier than trying to get this information across on email. You know, email's got one. is fabulous. It's got one real big drawback to me is it's two-dimensional. You can't get emotions into there. And it's impossible to have, of course, instant discussions. So... Uh, I said, I, if we could, it, I know you're busy, but if we could have a few minutes of your time and let me explain this to you. And uh, lo and behold, I just got an email re- reply back right before we went on the air. That's why I was a little bit late. And uh, so it looks like we're going to have a telephone conversation if we can get the time straight. Uh, and uh, so, Paul, I believe that uh, you should explore, and you'll see if you read that email I sent you from Todd last night. Uh, we ought to look into being on his platform over over there, Cloud Hub, I believe is the name of it, that he's now the CEO for. Yeah. And, uh, again, thank you, Ron Hoffman, who is out working, doesn't join us, and like many people, come in, get their questions answered, and go on about their lives, you know. And uh, uh, But uh, I sure do want to thank Ron for making that effort. And Anthony's been trying for a while, and for one reason or another, we hadn't been able to get it. And Todd's busy as... And what as probably about as busy as a man can get, and uh, so, but it looks like it's coming together. I think he wants to schedule that conversation for next week. Uh, so cross your fingers. Hey Roger. Yes. This is Anthony. I'm saying hallelujah right now. Yeah. Big sigh of relief. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Took how how many months? Eight eight nine months? Ten months? Um, so anyway, thank you for your efforts, Anthony. You opened the door and, uh, uh, I'm really anxious to talk to Todd because I, as I told him in the email, I said, this is going to make you a lot more effective at everything you do in this arena, you know? And so this is absolutely wonderful. Uh, yeah. And what a good guy to align with it appears. And of course he could be the key to getting us on Adams and, 
and SGT report and all those because he's got relationships with all those folks. And uh, so may, the door may have been open, folks. We'll see. Don't get your hopes up. Been dashed many times before, but this is very promising and for a lot of reasons to me. So thank you, Anthony, and thank you, Ron Hoffman. Uh, awesome. Yep. So pretty cool. Um, so Rocky. that was the big thing on my mind. Yes. You you said it before. The only thing that we can do is is give the message, share the share the message, share the information. If they pick it up, good on them. If they don't pick it up, still good on us. So. You know, remember there was a saying we used to use when I first about the first serious networking company I ever did years ago was Newskin, and uh, pretty interesting company. Um, uh, fine product line, okay? And one of the big guys in there was two guys that worked as partners down in Miami area, and uh, they were uh, quite accomplished at it. And they had a saying. He said, some will, some won't, so what next? Some will. Right. Some exactly. won't. So what next? Okay? And that's the way this is. That's what the Bible says. If you tell somebody something, if you if you try to share the message with somebody and they do not listen, take the kick the dust off your heels, turn and walk away. Well, I've told y'all many times a lot of my inspiration. I could have come in this and figured out some way to make money off of it and been charging you guys. I I didn't think that was right. I didn't want that potential obstacle up for people to try and come back and short sheet what we're doing. And as I've gone through it and thought through it over all these years, I've realized that really our my, your, our, our role here too, yours too, it transfers to you, is uh, the watchman on the wall prophecy. You know, we see danger coming. We know you're enslaved. We see all this stuff coming. There's a way to get out of it. And if I don't tell you or try to tell you, the blood's on my hands. But if I tell you and you ignore it, the blood's on your hands. And uh, that's the approach I take. That's the mindset I have, Okay. So I don't go beat people right. up on it anymore. I used to. I used to try and do that at one point and found out how frustrating and uh, uh, totally uh, uh, unproductive that approach is. Okay, um, But you can plant seeds and just go on about your merry way and you're free. Skip down the path and go find somebody else to talk to. You know, That's just the way this has got to be. Well, you know what it any is. other way to do it. Okay. You know what it is. Uh, I know exactly what it is. Uh, people's mindsets have been so twisted and manipulated to sure. only value things that cost. Yeah. The more they cost, the more they value them. That's true. Instead of the way God wants you to assign value is the most important things in life and in this world don't cost money. Your friends your family, your relationships, your God, your uh, your harvest, your work, the result of your sweats, those are the things that matter, yep. not the things that cost a well, bunch of money. Well, that, that, you know, and I've often, I, I don't know if we've said it around here lately, but I used to talk about it on the air. I, it seems to me I've drawn a parallel between what's happening and happened to us and what happened to the Israelites back when they were getting the Ten Commandments? 
you know, Moses went off on top of the mountain. He left them down there, and he came back with the tablets, and there they are worshiping the golden calf. Well, isn't in our time the golden calf materialism? Isn't that how they lulled us into sleep through the 50s with all of the gadgets, and they took all the war production and converted it over to consumer goods, and, oh, mom's got a new washing machine. Oh, look, there's a dishwasher here. Well, I don't have to scrub over the dishes anymore. All those kind of little things. The uh, We hadn't gotten into the inflation phase on the currency yet, so mom could stay at home and raise the kids and get all these nice little goodies that made her life so much easier, and they lulled us lulled us to sleep with materialism then with the media they come in and here's an interesting little tidbit of a fact somebody took a survey and did a study back in the 90s uh and they they looked at tv and the average couple in a tv commercial they ascertained uh, made about eighty thousand dollars a year well hell nobody was making eighty thousand dollars a year a few people were but not the vast majority you know and so here's this always dangling the materialism carrot in front of you and of course that means if you want to go get the nice little shiny things you got to go to the bank and get a loan and now you're loaded up with compound interest and you're in debt Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that really, isn't that the way it's developed? Looking back, I mean, it's just parallel to that exact incident. Can't serve God and mammon. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, and, and I, you know, I've said on here numerous times, if I was charging you guys a thousand dollars a piece or something for this, well, hell, the line had started Omaha. Yeah. They'll come flocking to you if yeah, you're trying to get money out of them. That's and that's exactly my point. You would have been charging for this. There would have been people lined up around the block because people only value what costs money, and that's wrong. It's it's so totally completely wrong. Now there's a you know what's funny. Things really matter. Don't cost. I charge you a price. The price is you got to study and learn the information so you can be free. That's what I charge you. You know, many years ago, if they don't have money vested in it, they won't put the time into it. A lot of that's true. You know, Lisa, back when we were doing a lot of networking and and you had before Internet was really prolific and you had to go make copies and give out stuff and you go make a bunch of copies. It cost you some money, you know. So what we started doing instead of handing the people a flyer where they just throw it in the can or take it home and lay it down, never look at it. So I'm going to give you this flyer, but you got to give me a dollar. And that one little dollar, the fact that they had something in that piece of paper will make them read it. It's the same principle of the flea markets, right? I mean, years ago, people trying to give things away and they were told, you know, put a price on it. People mm-hmm. won't take it for free. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, but I determined a long time ago that, I, you know, the Lord put me in a position 20 years ago where I had some cash flow and. And uh, I've, I've always got that to fall back on. I don't really need money. I don't care about materialistic things. Uh, I'm not out chasing women, loose women, and I'm not out doing cocaine and other drugs, none of that stuff. I really don't have hardly anything to spend money on, you know. I have to do some nice lunches and stuff and a dinner occasionally. But I just don't care about the money. I don't care about materialism things. As I've gotten older, I realize less is more. The the less things you have, the more problem, the less problems you've got. There's a direct correlation there. Okay. 
So it was my choice to put this out for free, and uh, uh, and I don't think you should charge for freedom. I'm going to make you pay. If you want to be free, you need to learn the information. That takes a little effort, okay? As those of you on here know, okay? But that's my game here, and it's been slow, painstakingly at times. But here we are, and it seems like we're right on the the cusp, the crest of uh, maybe breaking through here. So say some prayers, folks. Okay. So somebody. Hey, guess what, Raj? What's that, Paul? We picked up another platform. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We are now also live on the 1776-er, 1776-ER channel on Rumble, thanks to... Our buddy Joe in New Jersey. All right, Joe, thank you for Joe's been a wonderful contributor around here. I gotta profusely thank Kay. And it's our old listener Kay that used to listen from the very early first shows we ever did twelve years ago, who lost her house in a foreclosure battle, got beat up real bad in court. They moved to the East Coast to take care of grandchildren, and Joe just happens to be her grandson's guitar teacher. <laughs> yeah. Morning, Roger. That's where Joe came from. Hey, Mike, how you doing this morning, boy? I got your email last night. Okay, good. Well, somebody else looking for you. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry I've been around, but I had a tomioplasty done at the VA last Thursday. You got a what? Sits behind the eardrum, Ooh. and I, then I had to I had to drill inside my head with a a drill, and then fix the eardrum. They had to graft it, so. I've been in pain and out of. I've been on vacation for a week. How much fun can a poor boy have? Uh, I tell you what, I, I had a violent reaction to the anesthesia. I was spewing and puking bile like the exorcist. That'll scare an anesthesiologist right out of their skin. Yeah, I was in uh, recovery for nine hours. Then they uh, uh, keep me overnight because I said I was the. Uh, uh, everything was messed up. You know, I've been I've been told in those operating <laughs> rooms, in those operating rooms, the most important person in the operating rooms, the anesthesiologist. Oh yeah, yeah. So I got banned from a, a Reddit post last night. Somebody was posting some shit about uh, a female, a woman's uh, pro-life uh, a group. And they were talking about the. They said that the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center well, uh, made them a hate group. And I responded. I said, "Well, they're nothing but pedophiles, anyways, and uh, and they're ginos." And I respond. I responded, "What a gino is?" And uh, somebody responded to me saying, "Hey, uh, your uh, uh, antiseptism is coming out." And I responded, "says They're not Semitic. They're Khazar." And someone responded again saying, oh, you're a liar. Well, what's Semitic? I responded, Bedouins are Semitic. Then they banned me. Yeah. Well, you're fighting the uphill battle there, Mike. Ask them how, if the, if the Jews are the people of the book, why do they get their lineage from their mother's side when the entire biblical is all paternal? Why don't you ask them that and see how they respond? Oh, you're banned. I forgot. Well, I can't. I, I can't. I can't even respond in the in the group anymore. They completely banned me from it, yeah. so well, I can't I, go in there. I guess that means you're doing your job, doesn't it? Yep. 
Um, um, that means you've identified and outed that group as one that's part of the problem, not part of the solution. See. So uh, yesterday we ended up the show. Change your name to protect the innocent and go back in and, and keep battling them. Well, you, when you're blocked, I don't think I, I never hide who I am. If you don't like me who I, who I am, you kiss my ass. That's yeah. a, that's a, a lot of them. Know. A lot of them go by the IP. They ban your IP. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, did anybody well, have anything? That's why God made virtual private networks. Okay. <laughs> if they don't like your IP, change it. Cheryl was unmuted in the uh, in the conference room, and I muted her because her phone was like uh, echoing back a little well, bit while Cheryl. Mike was well, talking. Let's, let's but get... I see she's unmuted again now. Well, Cheryl, good morning. Cheryl, good morning. Who, who are you? This is not. Who am I talking to? That is Paul. <laughs> well, this is Paul, but Rogers here. He's oh, okay. He's the, okay. He's our, I have Cheryl, more questions. Is that our, all right? Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me tell you. Paul is our technical wizard, okay? So oh, okay. he's the one that orchestrates all of this and takes care of all the snafus and all that sort of thing. So be really nice to him, okay? Hi, Cheryl. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love you, Raj. Igualmente. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Roger. Um, okay. You sound a little yesterday. That's okay. Yeah. I had asked you a question about Section three forty one. What is the certificate of non citizen national status? Whether it's um passport, and then you started talking about American Samoa and Swains Island, and I don't know if you ever answered my question. Well, I that is, that is well, sure. well, let's go back because it's an important question, and it's important that you understand this. There are two nationals. One of them encompasses American Samoans and the very few people, there's only about 30 of them, on Swains Island, which is hooked into American Samoa through a nautical uh, oh, environmental deal. Okay, Swains Island is actually a private island, I just learned over the weekend. Uh, but American Samoa and Swains Island are the only two territories in the entire United States system that are unincorporated. In other words, they're part of the system, but they're not part of the system, okay? Out of all the territories in the whole U.S. system, and I mean there's a bunch of them, have you ever heard of the Guano Islands, Cheryl? No, no I haven't. They're a, they're a U.S. possession, the Guano Islands, okay? Guam, Saipan we've talked about recently. All, all those are all U.S. possessions, but the only one that's unincorporated or isn't umbilical to the federal government directly is American Samoa and Swains Island, and they call them nationals. But they are nationals. In other words, they have access to their original culture. They own their own land down there. If you uh, were to have an abortion in American Samoa today, they can arrest you for murder. Okay, uh, they have their natural rights, but they don't have Fourteenth Amendment rights called birthright citizenship because they're unincorporated. So they call them nationals, but because they're not both statuses at birth like we are, they're non-citizen nationals because they and a bunch of them. We've got a listener from uh, Tatuli. 
uh, joins us, maybe listening right now from out in Arizona. He's been in the States many years. He's American Samoan, and his uncle is in a position down there in their culture where he might be the next king of uh, the, the guy that runs American Samoa, okay? And so they uh, purposely left them down there without 14th Amendment attachment and citizenship, and they call them non-citizen nationals. Now, us, we understand this citizenship thing, and our people that are new, like yourself, see that non-citizen national. I'll tell you who used to be really bad about this was Chris Cave. He had a hard time getting a hold of this, okay? They're nationals, but they're not citizens. We're both, but we're nationals. So they call them non-citizen nationals. Now, Cheryl, I'm going to give you a, 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 a tell you exactly what's going on here. When you were young, did you ever go to the fair and see the little guy out there with the table on the felt tablecloth with the three thimbles there, going, which one's the pee under? Yeah. That's what's going on right here. Okay. They stick them out there, put national, and then don't allow them to be citizens without naturalization so they can hide the other national status behind them. This is nothing but magic going on here. M-A-J-I-K, okay? So that document you're looking at is telling the American Samoans that, hey, we used to issue these certificates of non-citizen nationality, but, you know, the cost of paper and the cost of ink has gotten so absorbent that we don't do that anymore and we want you to go get a passport. That's what the body of that policy statement is. But here's the beauty of it. Because they're telling and covering up the lie, they've got to frame it with the truth. And it depends on which version you're looking at, but in the second or the third paragraph there, if you've got it on your screen, you'll see the paragraph, you'll see the paragraph, and I don't know which one you're looking at, it's one of those two. That paragraph starts out with this language, according to the INA. Do you see that? As defined by. As defined by the INA, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. And then it goes on to define the American Samoan. It says, but there are some U.S. nationals who are not U.S. citizens. Those are American Samoans. But what it's telling you in that one little statement is that our statuses are equal. Citizen and national in their eyes are equal. And that's how they can ask you the leading question, are you a citizen of the United States? They don't ask you, are you a citizen or a national, do they? Do one place. They have, Mike found it on a BATF form. They ask it in that manner. But most of the time, they only ask you one side of the leading question. You know, uh, it's like, uh, hey, Paul, did you ever beat your, get caught beating your wife in the closet? You know, it's kind of like that, right? Okay, and so the our two statuses as nationals or state citizens, if you want to use that and bring it in for reference, okay, are nationals. American Samoans are non-citizen nationals. In fact, we've had two cases uh, get into the court system on this because the American Samoans don't understand. Okay, they think they're in the U.S. system and that they ought to get all the goodies like everybody else. Because here's the problem they've got. If they're not 14th Amendment citizens, they can't get the goodies. 
Okay? So they're pissed off because they think that they should have both statuses like everybody else. They move and immigrate to the U.S. There's a bunch of them out in Utah. Evidently, the Mormons have done a real good job down there. There's a bunch of them out there in Utah, and one of those cases came out of Utah within the last couple of years. And they're, because they come to the U.S., and they're nationals, but they're not citizens. So they meet restrictions. They meet glass ceilings. They can't be officers in the military. They can join the military but they can't be officers. They can't go so much higher in civil service than a certain level because they're not citizens, and they feel like that's discrimination, okay? The first case on this was about 15 years ago. It went through the D.C. Circuit. There, You, you can go back and look up for people in the audience that want to go, and I, I encourage people to go check this out make the information yours. Go into a search engine and put in plebiscite, in, in, in quotation marks, plebiscite, spelled just like it sounds, plebiscite, American Samoa. And you'll see where this started, okay? And it started with a plebiscite is when you have a, a whole group grow, grow, uh, vote on something, okay? And so they had a plebiscite down there on why they think they ought to be citizens of the United States because they're in the system and all the things I just covered. Well, that case was ruled against them. It went up to the D.C. Circuit, ruled against them. It went to the Supreme Court, and they wouldn't hear it. They turned it down, okay? Now, this would seem like a pretty important issue, wouldn't it? Why would the Supreme Court turn that, turn that issue down? Because if they heard it, it would blow this lid off the whole scam. Now, the other one, I'll get you in a second, Daryl. The other one came up a couple of years ago out of Utah. And uh, I saw an article, so one of the listeners sent me an article there, and it was an American Samoan attorney. He had a, a backup attorney in D.C. with a bunch of several of these American Samoans in Utah who were reaching these glass ceilings, and they went to court. And it, the court in Salt Lake City ruled in their favor. The district court ruled in their favor. Within 24 hours, there was two amicus curie briefs sitting at that court. Do you know what an amicus curie brief is, Cheryl? No, I do not. It's called a friend of the court brief, and it's other people that have a case that they think they want to comment on, and they can submit a brief, and it's called an amicus curie, a friend of the court brief. Okay, Within 24 hours after that decision in Salt Lake City, there was two amicus curie briefs sitting at the district court in Salt Lake City. Within 24 hours, okay, one of them was from the federal government, and the other one was from American Samoa. To rule against that decision. They took it to the Tenth Circuit, and the Tenth Circuit did rule against them. Okay? That's in Denver, by the way. So here's your difference. They use the American Samoans as a setup and a hidey hole for the term national because they don't expect anybody to come in it the way we have and figure it out. They expect people to be digging like you're doing through all these statutes and regulations and trying to find out. Okay, and figure it out. And you're going to hit the term non-citizen national, and you're going to go, oh, oh, that must be us. And you're going to go look at it and go, oh, that's American Samoan. That couldn't have anything to do with me. Do you see to the links these people have gone to to hide this? Roger, what was the article again? You but put in plebiscite, 
and American Samoa, and you should okay. come up with that. With that, is that the L- now? This is, is the- interesting. So who and it, this came out of that article. So who? What agency of government governs American Samoa and sent a representative down to oversee the plebiscite? Which agency has jurisdiction over American Samoa? I know Daryl knows, but you guys don't. Merca, who? What agency out of the six hundred plus up there have control of American Samoa? I hear birds. No, I, I don't not hear, sure. I hear a few crickets. The Department of the Interior, of course. That's right. You did see that before. You see how everything they do is dialectics. You That'd be the first place you'd go to check up on American Samoa, the Department of the Interior, wouldn't it? Right. You see how these guys work? Now, Cheryl, did that hey, help you? What? The well, most recent example of that happening, going and looking in Swains Island and the Northern Mariana Islands and the whole non-citizen national thing and arrogance, you know, taking hold and completely discounting it as, uh, oh, okay, that couldn't possibly apply to us. Our most recent example of that was Ron Avery because that was where he hung his hat. He discounted Everything that you were saying just because of confusion over that state. Good point. Good point. So, and Ron Avery's a real good example. Why? With, with the Puerto Rican, could you contrast the Moan with the Puerto Rican fan? fan uh, okay. Well, Puerto Rico's incorporated, American Samoans not. How about that? Say it again, please. I'm sorry. Puerto Rico and all the other territories are incorporated into the federal system. American Samoa and Swains Island are not. They're not incorporated. I need to. I need to clarify something. Okay, because I'm still confused. Uh, well, yeah, it's meant to confuse you, Cheryl. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at a passport the renewal application, and it says um, issued to U.S. citizens, which I'm thinking that means, you know, 14th Amendment U.S. Correct. citizens, Correct. or, or non-citizen U.S. nationals, which right away I think of, okay, they're talking about American Samoa or Swains Island people. But where do regular nationals fit in there? They're hiding you behind that. Where, uh, now, if you go to the front page, it says a passport. Hold on, Cheryl. Hold on, Cheryl. On the front page of the passport, it says U.S. passports are only issued to U.S. Na- citizens slash nationals. They don't have the non-citizen identifier on there. Well, I'm looking the, at the front page. I'm, I'm looking at I printed out U.S. passport renewal application for eligible individuals. This is Section A eligibility to use this form it says this form is used by u.s passport holders to renew their current or recently expired u.s passport book and or card um, a travel document attesting to one's identity and issued oh they're talking about the card a travel document attesting to one's identity and issued to u.s citizens or non citizen u.s nationals They're, they're talking about a travel card who they issue the travel card to 
That's what it sounds like. Okay, well, if you look on the front page of the passport, it specifically says nationals without the non-citizen identifier. However, if you look on the passport application that you're looking at right there and go to the oath, they don't say national. They use non-citizen national. Okay, let me show you why they're doing this, Cheryl. Hold on. Hold on. First of all, Rather than digging in and reading all this stuff, learn the concepts first, then you'll be able to read it and know better what you're reading. The reading the statutes and going to all this stuff is the defense they've put up so you can't figure this out. Yeah. I just posted the definitions on the telegram that I put together for the students so she can look at that. All right. Let me throw a herring at Cheryl. In IRS publication 519, They make a statement, and they say a national owes total allegiance to the U.S. What's wrong with that statement, Cheryl? Well, if it's if it's our kind of nationals, then first of all, that well, it's contradictory because the U.S. is the corporate U.S. Correct, and the nationals are not under their jurisdiction. Correct. So. You see, here's how they're doing this and using that non-citizen identifier to screw us up. A non-citizen national owes total allegiance to the U.S. because they're an unincorporated territory. But they dropped non-citizen off of that statement in the IRS publication. This is all designed to hide this as deeply and thoroughly as possible. And for people that are trying to fight through the statutes and regulations to figure out what's going on, that you never achieve that. And guess what? They've been damned effective at it because nobody that's ever tried to go at this this way has ever figured it out. So the general concept here is what? I mean, that basically. Let's look at it. Let me see if I can frame it. Let me see if we can I can frame it. We can use form to claim national status. Let me see if I can frame it another way for you, okay? There's four yeah. political statuses in the country. Can you name them? Uh. All right, well, let's go over uh, them together. Okay, there's a citizen of the United Hold on, let's walk through this, Cheryl. we got a little delay here. There's a citizen of the United States that's under the 14th Amendment that most people are, right? Yeah. Then there's, yes. Now we know there's also a national that they've desperately tried to hide because they got no defense against this, quite frankly. So that's the second one. The third one is American Samoan non-citizen national, and the fourth one are green card holder legal residents. There are four political statuses in the country. They want you to believe there's only one. And if you look deep enough and start thinking, they want you to believe there's only two. Or three, they want to add the resident in there too. They don't want you to know about the national one because they've gone to unbelievable lengths to hide it. Okay. Does it? Does yeah. that? Does that help? Yes. Yes. I just. I guess I'm just reading it too literally. I mean, of course, I understand everything that you said. Just when I see it on the form, it says, okay, so U.S. citizen, 14th Amendment, or non-citizen U.S. national, 
which means American Samoa. So then I don't see, you know, the yeah, that's the fraud. They're, that's the fraud. They're hiding national behind non-citizen national and using that term to buffalo you. Okay, let's look at this another way. Let's look at this from the passport oath and compare it over to 26 CFR 1.1-1A, which is IRS stuff, okay? So the passport says, I certify under penalty of perjury, I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-citizen national and have not since achieving uh, U.S. citizenship or nationality violated any of the acts and conditions listed on page so-and-so of the instructions, and there they tell you, unless explanatory statement is attached. Again, I swear under penalty of perjury that the foregoing is true and correct. Now, here is this terms and conditions statement, first of all, which is if you've been boinking little boys or girls over in Bangkok and got caught or if you're smuggling cocaine and got caught or whatever, then in the oath they tell you to explain to attach an explanatory statement. But right there in the sentence before it where it's got these two issues of political status, they don't tell you nothing. So right there, don't you doesn't that raise an eyebrow, okay? So let's take that statement and go over to twenty six CFR where they also lay out the statuses and let's compare those two. Okay, And that one says an income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States and residents, and to the extent of 871B and 877B, all non-resident alien individuals. Now, we know there's only two statuses. You're either free or you're a slave, right, Cheryl? Right. Okay. So here's what they're doing. They couldn't take and put the IRS definition of national, non-citizen national, or uh, 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 non-resident alien, they couldn't put that, even though it's that status, in the passport oath. I swear under penalty of perjury I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-resident alien. And people looking at that and reading it, the very few that do, would would say, well, what, what, what the hell's Jose the tomato picker doing applying for a passport? He's a Mexican. There And they couldn't, in the IRS uh, jurisdictional statement, say uh, an income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States and residents, and to the extent of 871 and 877B, all non-citizen nationals. Because then some attorney or some tax preparer that did stumble on that is going, well, look, I don't know what a non-citizen national is, but I'm damn sure going to find out because they're only responsible for two sections of the code. See how they change these labels. That's why I say learn the concept. When you learn the concept, you can identify the label change. The reason our community has had such little success over so many years is they chase those labels. They don't understand the concept. Oh, oh, here's a non-resident alien. Let's go chase that. Uh, you see what I'm saying here? So... Uh... So, so the IRS, so the IRS de- definition of non-resident alien that is the same then, or that could be the same as just national. It is the national. It is the national. It's not could be. It is. You're non-resident to the residency of the Fourteenth Amendment, and because you're a state citizen, your political status is alien from the federal citizenship, isn't it? 
Yes. You see how you can read through there? You'll never figure that out. Yeah. <clears throat> I know. I'll get to you, Daryl. Hold on. So well, Daryl's got some kind of a cogent comment here. Hey, buddy. Hi, good morning. Uh, look, uh, the, the very first premise, and uh, Cheryl is uh, doing a really good job of doing what we've all done. <laughs> and we've all done it. True. Uh, you're operating under the premise in your own mind that they're going to tell you the truth. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yep. And you have to uh, bridge this chasm of your of your whole life believing government that they will actually tell you the truth or that they're a representative of truth. You you, you literally have to cross that chasm. It's, it's for some people it's uncrossable. They can't cross that that chasm. It's a chasm. <clears throat> it's like somebody standing on a hundred foot tall ledge looking, looking 10 feet across, you know, they can't, they can't see themselves not believing government and, and that you will actually, they will be, uh, they will be clear and defined in and truthful and, and cogent and, and, uh, in, in their dealings with you. That's that's the really big hurdle uh, that I'm observing. Uh, most people in the beginning are at, uh, <clears throat> and if if you're not careful, even after you even after you comprehend what what the words mean, your conditioning is so deep that it will take you back in to their belief system. It's literally just a belief system. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so here's some interesting things about American Samoa. Real simple. Uh, they have a separate constitution. Uh, they have a separate Bill of Rights. Uh, only, only 10% of their land can ever be offered for sale. The other 90% is held by families. They can't mortgage them. They, they, the, the men or the clans or the families or the tribes own the land. The land, I'm, I'm going to keep harping on this because it's a big deal. It's a big deal. The land is attached to them. As a U.S. citizen, you're attached to the land. You get the difference? Sure. The, okay. Cheryl, in is in is their this... law. Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead, Daryl. Finish up. I want to poll Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. In their law and their national status to their nation, their nation. See, they're not citizens, so their nation is American Samoa. Correct. And they own the land. 
the land is attached to them the way it was when you were of the state of uh, Pennsylvania before the Civil War. Right. Uh, the way you were, the the land was attached to you. They they have a fancy term for this. You know, we all found out about it. Some people call it loyal. Some people call it patent. Some people call it letters of patent. That means the land is attached to you. Okay. And, and so they still retain those fundamental relationships that have not been inverted. Now, who inverts things? Uh, uh, attorneys and Satan, uh, if you can find a difference. Okay. And uh, so well, what are some other things that American Samoans can't do? Well, uh, they're not they're not persons they have under a, the 14th Amendment. They have a representative in the House of Representatives, but they can't vote. Yeah. They also can't they also can't uh, perform abortions at will. It's murder. You'll be charged with murder. And so will the uh the practitioner for murder, which is what it is. It's murder. Okay, because they're not persons. The fourteenth amendment provides for the murdering of, of, of babies in their womb because they don't have any protected rights. If their mother's a U.S. citizen, they don't have any protected rights because they're not a person under the 14th Amendment. This is very, this is very, uh, well, it goes beyond evil. It's, it would probably be Canaanite. It's very Canaanite, it's very you know, Canaanite. child sacrifice. Yeah, Phoenician. Cheryl, so, do you know what Roe so, versus Wade was was based on? Roe versus Wade was 200 and something pages long. I can't remember the justice that wrote it. His name escapes me right now. But there was, it's the only Supreme Court case in the history of the country where there was never one case cited in the decision. There wasn't one previous cite in the decision. And the reason they could pull that off is the 14th Amendment because you're not a person until you're born, a legal person until you're born. As long as you're in mama's womb, you're fair game. You got no legal protections because you're not a person. No. I I remember about six years ago when we figured six or seven years ago, Roger, we hit on this one. We figured that out. Oh, it was because it's abortion is one of my pet, my, my bigger pet peeves. It's repulsive. (laughs) I have a lot of them, but it's one of my bigger ones. And, uh, so, uh, American Samoans can't, uh, the, the men or women, they can, they can join the, the U S corporate military, but they can't hold general office. They they can't be senior officers. They can't be officers. So there's they can't there's be this, officers. Period yeah. is my understanding. Well, there's yeah, they're they're the uh, they can be enlisted men. Right. We'll we'll leave it at that. They right. can be enlisted. So and so there's there's this there's just this ongoing list of contradictions. Did you know something else that I apply off one of these videos, yeah. Daryl. American Samoans got hmm. the highest rate of enlistment per capita of any state or territory in the union. 
That's how patriotic these people. Yeah. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's fantastically regrettable. I, I can't even express how regrettable that is. Um, they that is truly. They they really don't even have any comprehension of what they've got. Nope. They're sitting on top of. That's right. They don't even they don't have any. They have no comprehension of it. It's, it's so the, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Yeah, well, when you know, Uncle, when when Uncle Uncle Shylock is trying to is giving everybody handouts, you know, uh, they it's just human nature to belly up to the bar, you know, and be a pig. But um, I wonder the, if they have uh, government-funded public schools. No. They fund their own. Yeah, schools, I would think I so. Believe. Yeah, yeah. And also, the people yeah, they, that are they the landholders yeah. are the ones that have the high positions in the legislature that make the laws. Yeah. Uh, so, Roger, in, so, in, so if you well, go ahead, Daryl, go ahead. Well, let's get oh, no, no, go ahead. Um, for Tatuli, uh, for him being a U.S. national, and then wanting to become a just a national of he's America. A, he's already um, a national of America. He's just a non-citizen one. Right. But he doesn't have the same privileges or, I mean, I guess it's good well, that he yeah. doesn't have the let's same privileges as the U.S. citizen. Let's say he doesn't have the same limitations. Yeah, there's things that they don't have that a regular national would have under US, USA. So would it benefit him more? They don't pay income tax. Right, but they're limited on some things well, yeah, as a U.S. national. Because of the citizen of the United States status and the goodies they give out. But the, what they don't realize is their limitations are an advantage. You see, uh, I mean, uh, there's 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 another really important aspect to uh, kind of get into your noggin here. Uh, American Samoa, whether they understand it completely or not, uh, is a nation. They're homogeneous. They're familial, and they have the right relationship as a civil society. They have the right relationship to each other. Guess what, Daryl? You can't buy a one-way airline ticket into there either. Yeah. So um, I hate to be the bearer of harsh news for you, but uh, this place called uh, uh, the United States doesn't meet the criteria of a nation on its face. It literally doesn't meet the, the, the definable criteria for what a civil society of a nation would be. It doesn't, doesn't meet the criteria. <clears throat> okay, so that's how far off your thinking is when you're trying to comprehend what's going on here. Let's go back to Cheryl uh, and see if we've got her thoroughly confused or yeah. if we've straightened some of this stuff out. Cheryl, where are you at this point? She had to leave. She had to leave. She did? She just sent a message. 
I'm still I'm still here, but um my friend I, my friend is here. We're go, we're going out to lunch, but um I have so many more questions. Yeah, so, that's why we're here, um, baby. Six I'll, days I'll a week. We're six days a week right here, and we'll we'll do our very best, dead level, to answer your questions and get you cleared up because I know it's confusing, and everybody else on this call knows it's confusing too, and a great majority of them have been right where you are. Okay. Yeah, I really appreciate everybody. Uh, I really appreciate this. I'm so grateful. Thank you. You're welcome. Go have a nice lunch and come back and visit us uh, tomorrow or any day, okay? Thank you. Take care. Hey, Roger. All right. Yes. Who is the Roger there? This is Abram. Um, I Abram. kind of have a question for Daryl. Uh, with the folks that are still nationals in the United States, the ones who hid this status, would their collective or I guess you know, their combined uh, I guess uh, personage or culture or whatever you want to call it would that still would that constitute a nation I mean would there be like basically what it takes to have a nation with a uh, a, uh, a surf population under it hmm, that should be interesting well um, <clears throat> let's start with the definition of a nation a nation is a people of common birth. Or if you want to go to Paul English, he would tell you the definition, the very first definition of nation, nation is race. Well, if, if we, if we peel that back just a little farther, Roger, we would find that it is referred to as ethnos. Yep. And ethnos. Okay, so race is a race is a Johnny come lately on the uh, semantical semantical grammar uh, obfuscation chain, and uh, it, you you won't find it anywhere referred to in scripture, as far as I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, it's referred to as ethnos, and and that is <clears throat> that is the that is your nation and an ethnos uh, couldn't that was one of the things that couldn't be tolerated here because they uh, they wanted diversity <laughs> you know diversity makes you stronger what a what is the stupidest it's one of the top 10 stupidest on its face things I've ever heard diversity makes you stronger really okay. Well, uh, you know, uh, that, that's been proven false on its face. Uh, so anyway, a nation, a nation, uh, is a people of common, uh, okay, we'll start in the beginning, Roger. Ethnos, race, uh, common birth. Well, we don't have that. Well, you know, uh, you Darryl, know we have a, um, it kind of takes uniform. along the lines of what you're saying. It reminds me of something that Patrick Buchanan said. He said, we may be different races, but culturally, the people who've been here for the past two, three hundred years are basically the same culturally, although ra- racially different. I, I agree with Patrick Buchanan on that one. I don't disagree with that. I would say that we have a um, homogeneity in, in our brainwashing. We've all been brainwashed and conditioned to think the same 
the same thing. And so, you know, there's, I guess, uh, maybe a, a similar, uh, I don't want to say ethos, but, uh, you know, the public education system certainly points everyone in a certain direction. Yeah, well, uh, that that conditions and schools people into a common uh, propagandized uh, indoctrination. But uh, right. if we go back to a guy by this cat named, uh, maybe she'll even jump in here <laughs> uh, if I mention the name Aristotle. And uh, <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm th- I'm I've thinking of comment. the I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the quote I I you know f- uh, you know forgive me if I paraphrase it a little bit but Aristotle's comment on democracy which he wasn't the greatest fan of was that it's um uh it, uh, it you you can't have democracy and uh, a in a non-homogeneous uh, nation can't have it. Doesn't work. So you can you can parse, you can torture, you can twist, you can play with what you want it to mean. But at the end of the day, the original definitions still stand. And uh, the Southern culture is different than the Midwestern culture. Um, yeah, but the, we have uh, in here from Stone Age cultures like Afghanistan and all these Stone Age cultures, like Frosty Woolridge said. Well, he's he's a he's a very deluded man. Uh, I'll just tell you that right up front. That man has got serious issues. <laughs> he's got he's got. He's got some extremely twisted comprehensions of things. Very twisted. What? Why he? Very why twisted. Are you speaking of Frosty Woolridge? Yeah. Forrest. Forrest Gump. <laughs> I'd yeah. like to comment. I saw, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I got something. To, I got something to support Daryl here. This is a. After Stamper gets through talking about countries and naturalization and states and everything, he in this is his conclusion. He says, in a clear sense, all such qualities make up the international and constitutional de jure premise of the union. This is to say, each state is clearly a nation by right. Accordingly, the United States of America, in a pure legal sense, is based on the law of nations. Natural law is not a state, nation, or country. Hence, one cannot have the nationality of such. To truly maintain nationality, land is required. The United States does, parentheses, did not possess land, to support premise of nationality. Hence, the United States is not a state or a nation. In regards to its composite nature, as the government of the Union, the United States, in simple sense, is a corporate body that has been contracted by the several American nations to handle certain affairs. Correct. That's correct, that last part. What page was that, right Samuel? The servant always wants to be the master, and the servant, the federal government, has become the master through this war, 
putting these two amendments in the Constitution and being able to capture the citizenry. You know, what's yeah. interesting about that is that if to have a nation, you have to have a state, right? And so, uh, you know, the individual states are kind of fit the definition of uh, a nation, I guess is my understanding of that. Uh, and on your passport, it puts the state that you're from. It just lists that that state. That's well, where people are from. I'd, so, I'd no, to, is I'd that go, I'd go is back that, to Robert E. Lee? Uh, when he was asked by Lincoln to lead the Union forces, they could see the White House from his, from his place, and he wrote him back and he said, I cannot fight against my nation. Virginia. And nations have boundaries. Yes. So, so you know, the... Uh, yeah, then you, you did not defend... Frosty Woolridge, which is one of your uh, one of your predecessors. You, you, I, I would thought I, that well, I would think hold that it, Waheeb, well, hold it, Waheeb, hold it. How is Frosty Woolridge my predecessor? He's white. <laughs> no, I don't mean predecessor, but he's one of the people that have influenced you. No, yeah, in I, your I, you've never heard me mention Frosty. Frosty Wool, you've never heard me mention Frosty Woolridge on here. When he comes never. on rents, I turn it off. I, Forrest Gump. His name is Forrest. There ain't going to be no homogeneous in here. And you know no, what? Diversity. I told you about Frosty Woolridge. You said, oh, yeah, I, I've listened to him, uh, his opinions on uh, 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 what we were talking about earlier. I don't know uh, that uh, I've uh, already, uh, hardly ever mentioned Fro- Frosty Woolridge's name on this show. I don't know who else you're listening to, Wahi, but I think you're getting things confused. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Can we have Daryl finish his thought? Well, if Wahib will stop interrupting, we can probably get that done. We're throttling Aristotle. Daryl was in the midst of his thought, and I think we need to hear it. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, I was just... I was just trying to just just trying to establish some, you know, thousands of years of precedence in the thinking of, uh, you know, men uh, who were involved in philosophy, government and uh, religion. Uh, And they all agree on this matter. Of what a nation is. And and uh, so uh, I'm just. I'm just trying to lay out the historical precedents for where you may have a conflated understanding of what this one simple word means. You know, if, if two, two letter, one syllable words can bamboozle you, just imagine what a, a two syllable <laughs> word with six letters in it can do. Okay. So I, I know I, I'm sounding like I'm a, a real uh, horse's patootie here. But that's no. your, your misunderstanding and comprehension of word terms is not my problem. It's yours. That's correct. And you're assuming so, that you, you understand things that you don't. That's correct, too. So, Daryl, so, uh, I just want to add this along with what Daryl um, stated in regards to Aristotle. Socrates um, outlined 
democracy, whether as a state, whether within a country, a state, a nation, I'll just use the word state, as he used, within a state, or within man's soul, a democracy is one step away from a tyrannical soul, a tyrannical state. Democracy literally translates as mob rule. Exactly. It it was a democracy that murdered Socrates. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So, So, Daryl, under that definition of national, national is the correct term for what we are, but the nation is an incorrect term for the United States. I, I don't, I, don't I know I don't understand what you're saying. Help me. Under a constitutional no. republic versus a democracy. Daryl, can you, can you define those two? Because this was a constitutional republic versus a democracy. Because many of the founders did not agree with a democracy That's as right. it's understood today. They sure didn't. Show that difference between yeah. constitutional republic versus democracy. Well, well here's one Thanks. important aspect of that. For Daryl launches off on it. In the original days, you had to be a landholder and you had to be a male to vote for the representative that was going to go represent you in the republic. A white male. Correct. Correct. Okay. I, I wanted to hear Abram's question again. I, it sounded. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. So. So my my understanding, based on what uh, uh, Daryl said, is that the we are nationals, and that is a correct term because the land is tied to us. But the United States as a nation is an incorrect term because it's you know the I guess the uh, the incorporation of all the states and does actually have a, uh, a homogenous population or a. Uh, really borders if you wanted to be a strict definitionist i'd say that's probably right you know what other country opened their gates to every ethnicity in the world can you name one germany recently (laughs) to everybody in the world all i can see when someone says united states is the corporation as a company that's it yeah, yeah. United well, States uh, of America, gonna... okay, it was done to this country what was yeah. done more recently to the Europeans. Yes. They made them one unit. Yes. That's a good example. On the That's march to analogy. New World. Yes. All right, we're going to deal with Wahib. Wahib, what you got? Okay, I asked you six months ago about Rens.com. Yeah. I said, have you ever checked out? Frosty oh, my God, Wahid. Okay. I'm sorry. Wahid, I'm on the air seven days a week. I don't remember six months ago in a question. I'll t- I don't have anything against Frosty Wildridge, except he doesn't understand what's happening. He thinks there's a political solution here. Oh, let's get the rights in and get your elected representative. That ain't going to work. <laughs> Hold on, Murph. I admire the fact he's ridden around the world several times on a bicycle. I admire the he lives up at 8,000 feet in Colorado, but I don't go out of my way to listen to him. When he comes on rents, I turn it off. Yep. You can tell. See, he was uh, a math teacher uh, for middle school, and he quit about the time Forrest Gump came out. <laughs> so there's an indication. But when he was on the Anna Spingola, 
he used to, you know, he had this big thing about uh, which one came first, climate change. Oh, I have the math. I have the numbers. But then he just dropped that cold with no explanation. Okay. Then and I, the, Then he had the math and now for overpopulation, he has the math. See, he's a math teacher. I'm just wondering, I, I want to ask Wahid a question. What did that have to do with what we were talking about? Wahid. We all had to smell Wahid's brain fart. Okay, what I'm saying is I asked asked, uh, uh, Roger, does he remember? He said, no, I don't remember Foxy Woolridge. No. And I said, but you know, I meant in respect to what he, the, what the, uh, what's the guy's name that was talking earlier? When did she told me to stop interrupting him? Daryl. Daryl. And Daryl mentioned, <laughs> uh, I can't say the word in yeah. here because I can't say the word because I'm surrounded by people that are from other places. But in, in, I, and then in, in, in a similar response, it was, it was, it was in line with what the with the, ter- the topic that we were on. It was, and I brought up Frosty Wolves. Not, not. I don't think so. And, but, but it was related okay. to the topic that Donnie. What's well, the name, Don? I don't think Red- Frosty Woolrich has anything God. to do with nations or American Samoa. Uh, uh, so, uh, in a democracy. In a, in a democracy, uh, those kind of things happen. You you have the you you, you have you, so you know it's it's really it's really a good question. I'm, I'm glad Natasha brought it up, and and uh, the reason a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it's very awkward, and, and uh, they they want to work on on presumptions. Uh, and uh, the presumption is I know what a democracy is, and uh, the presumption is I know what a republic is because I've heard it heard that word said thousands of times, and I've read it thousands of times. So uh, you you take for granted that you you comprehend what it means, and uh, <clears throat> so uh, it, fundamentally, a democracy uh, has principles to it. And the principles associated mostly with it is it has something to do with the uh, the people, and then the the people's uh, representatives, <clears throat> and then there's uh, different rules associated with how much of a democracy you have to have before something can be legislated. Uh, uh, or you could write a malo prohibita law. <laughs> okay, you you don't need a democracy for malo and say law. You need a democracy for malo prohibita uh, law, and uh, so that a a a certain number uh, defined by uh, representatives uh, can determine how many of those they need before they can exert tyranny over everyone under the premises of group rights group rights 
Okay, I'll stop there. Full right, stop. Let me add. I'm going to add Rogers. I'm going to add okay. Rogers' definition. Okay. Democracy is 51 percent voting their hands into your pockets. Uh, Bastier would agree with you. Uh, so, uh, in a republic, as defined uh, originally uh, under under republic. The premises were, uh, the premise were ostensibly, supposedly, uh, it was to protect, uh, the declarations of the Declaration of Independence, which were based upon individual, individual rights, and that the Republic as it was defined originally was to protect the individuals from a democracy. Uh, as, as it was as it was established here. Now, republic is republic is a very sticky wicket because the Soviet Union under Jewish Bolshevism was a republic. The CCCP the republic is, is a republic. Okay, so uh, just because you can spell the word, <laughs> write the word. Pronounce the word, use it in a sentence. Do you comprehend it? Can you parse it? Can you take it apart? Can you see the contradictions? If you can't, uh, work, work you're a functionally illiterate. Work a little harder. Yeah, this is this is this is called functional illiteracy. Yep. I know, I know. I sound I sound like your worst. Your worst math and geography teacher right now. I did, oh, I hate this guy. Very strict okay. taskmaster. But I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I had to go through this myself. Okay, I got so tired of listening to people talk about and use words. I'll tell you the best one. If you're looking for an example, is Sean at SGT. This this kid blathers on about the Republic. And has absolutely no comprehension of it. Okay, if his life depended upon it, he couldn't define it. Couldn't talk about it. Okay, but he uses that word all the time. So get these. These are part of these base, foundational, concrete, Concept. footing level, foundational words that you have to really have control of, so that when you hear other people blather on about democracy and republic you just don't get sucked along in the wake okay uh you have to be able to challenge them even if you like some of the things they're saying and agreeing agree with them you have to be able to challenge it all right and that takes work and that takes study and i've spent thousands of dollars and thousands of hours trying to correct and repent for my mistakes and I, I'm, I'm not. I don't believe my BS. Why? But I believe yours. Okay, okay. I, I ain't doing it. All right. This is like saying, well, you know, uh, we have some really jeopardy events ahead of us here. We're, we're, we're a bunch of pilots, and we're going to go fly an airplane. And this one guy is the nicest guy in the world. Everybody laughs at his jokes, but he's a lousy pilot. Do you want to fly with him? I don't care how nice a guy he is. 
I don't care how much money you think you've got, how nice a person, how many PhDs, how many, I don't care. Unless you're competent, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're not an asset to anybody, particularly yourself. So you, you, you have to do that. You, you have to do that. You know, a democracy as it's being expressed now is that I have to be responsible for your choices. That's a form of democracy. Uh, in, in the democracy, I have to, I have to, uh, uh, not only be responsible for, uh, your choices and your decisions in life monetarily, but I, I'm responsible for your feelings in a democracy. Yeah, right. As you can tell, I'm not that guy. Boy, did okay. I see a great clip I, on that last night, Daryl. I, I don't know where it was. There's one guy oh, well, and a bunch of women in a school board meeting or something. And two of the women that were in the meeting were going, well, we need to put tampons in the women's bathroom for all the trans. And this guy objects and all the women in the room start oh you're hateful he goes i'm not hateful at all i'm not having your disoriented thinking influence me it was a wonderful little clip i saw i think on owen yesterday but boy what a nice and here's another well that's hate and he's going i don't have any hate in my body i don't hate those people but you're not influencing your misguided reality on me yeah, uh, democracy. What you're seeing here is people will associate civilization with democracy, and what you're seeing expressed, and that was an example of it, is is uh, different numbers of men and women, people, whoever they are, uh, uh, being over civilized. They become over civilized and become a, they have a subjective civilization. And that they can create their own realities through uh, not objective natural laws and, and, and align themselves with it. But they can create their own subjective reality through subjective laws where they can actually, uh, whether or not they can define it or not, they have this uh, sort of like a, a psychological narconic fantasy running in their head that they're actually like gods. They think they're little gods. Yep. It's uh, psychopathy. And, and so in democracy – Democracy allows for people to um, uh, this at its full expression. You're seeing democracy now being fully expressed to its to its fullest potential. It's expressing itself to its fullest potential here. And um, so I, I want to rebut what you think democracy is uh, under the Articles of Confederation for the Perpetual Union uh, that were uh, put asunder in uh, 1787 uh, article 13 required 100% agreement between all contracting parties for the Congress 100% agreement so if if we go back to Roger's statement that democracy is 51% telling you the other 49% what to do uh, you know that's that's just one step that's just 1% away for, that's just 1% away from tyranny uh, now you're, you're, you're starting to get a, a full visceral understanding of what tyranny actually means. It's not some abstract construct now. It's, it's real. Okay. It's becoming real 
ask yourself what you got wrong. Or are you going to double down? Okay. And so Darryl, under Article 13, under Article 13, just a moment, under Article 13 of the Articles Confederation, everybody had to 100% agree and couldn't be compelled. They couldn't be coerced. Now, I'm saying that that's a form of democracy where you have to have uh, 100% agreement. So uh, uh, I'll pause there. Go ahead. You had a question. There's a bunch of people trying to say something. Abram, go ahead. Uh, I, I, I lost it. Okay. You answer. Answer. Bruce, you were trying Actually, to get no, I, in there. I remember what it was. I was going to say uh, right now we have the tyranny of the majority or the minority where uh, this extreme minority is given this incredible platform to declare their, you know, that everyone else has to believe what they believe. Uh, you know, uh, I, the more and more, I, I was just saying, the more, you know, you the things you say, you've said previously about, uh, a salvage operation just gets truer and truer. It's, you know, now, you grab it while you can, I guess. Yeah. Bruce, you, <laughs> Bruce, hold on. Bruce was trying to say something five minutes, 10 minutes ago. Bruce, do you remember what it was? Yeah, I think it was a half hour ago. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, who else has got something they want to Is that better? Well, I, I, I guess. Uh, anyway, what I was going to say was um, they were talking about nations and stuff, and um, the first Confederate flag of the Confederacy was the Palmetto flag that's still flying on the dome today in South Carolina, and it represented the nation of South Carolina and the first Confederate state. So that flag is still flying, representing the nation of South Carolina. It didn't die. It's still there. So anyway, thank you. the golden key to all of this is you putting your energy into your, your uh, uh, determination to become a national with the affidavit that you construct yourself that is the golden key to everything you're talking about absolutely okay who else has got something they wanted to add i got something roger i just wanted to say you said uh all right let's let mer ladies first i'll be quick yeah you said the women's uh bathroom but i think most people got it you meant the men's bathroom put the tampons in there so there can be a shortage for women (laughs) it's stupid and two more things diversity Bob Whitaker ran on that slogan for the, I think it was American Freedom Party. And what it said was, diversity means chasing down the last white person. And this was on billboards and lawn signs. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. We're and the third that one thing, come to fruition, aren't we? Yeah. I wanted to go back to where you were talking about Paul beating something. <laughs> and what he did was beat feet out of there. I yield. Okay. Now, who else has got something to say? I did, Roger. Okay, we want to hear from you. Who is it? Alan. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is Dave and Kathy calling in. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all are our uh, Washington State victims. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not for long. We're getting the house painted, and then it's going on the market. So, probably another uh, three, four weeks, something like that. But anyway, uh, a little off topic here. But I was thinking, uh, you know. Uh, stuff rolls around in your head if you, you get off these presentations and stuff. But the first thing I want to tell you is we're, 
Yesterday, we're proud recipients of uh, SovereignToSurf.com. Just okay. got it in the mail yesterday, okay. so I'm going to start to be reading that okay. today and hopefully get a lot more understanding. I, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Well, so, I'm going to give you a tip. Uh, I'm going to give you a tip. Hold on, was, um, Hold on. Give you a tip. Regarding, um, read, I, I, this is our duplex. Yeah, hold on. Read the legal argument, the second half, at least twice. Okay. Okay. I'm sure I'm. Uh, I'm sure Roger, I, the kind of guy I am, I'm going to be reading much of your book <laughs> more than twice. Okay. Well, it, uh, the reason I say that is we had a very experienced legal researcher when the book first came out named Jim Prentice down in South Florida. He was one of Dan Metter, who was m one of Mark's, Mark uh, in all caps, one of his. Uh, uh, teachers, okay, and he contacted me two weeks after the book was out, and he said, "Roger, your book's a masterpiece. I've read it ten times in two weeks, and got something different out of it every time." That was Jim Prentice. So there's a lot in there, okay? Yep, yep. I I, I bet there is, and and and, that, and it, what you just said is what I was thinking about before the book got here, and I'm going. Did I really want to get this book? <laughs> and and the answer is yes because it's as you've been pointing out through a lot of your presentations, uh, the definitions of things that we think we understand what they mean are something completely different. And although it's English, it's like learning a different language to understand their definition and where they are coming from Correct. in other words their de definition of, so anyhow, of uh, their definition of democracy listen we were talking about democracy of a bunch of the show today their definition to democracy is absence of opposition to communism when they wow, use that that's word rich. that's the definition yeah, of their imputed. that's that's a very interesting way of, of putting it and that's how that's how they word things, Roger. That's yes. a really good example. That's silence is consent, yeah. But you had said, too, Roger, about who wrote Roe versus Wade, the opinion. It was Justice Harry Blackman, M-U-N, and uh, apparently George Frampton had a lot to do with it, too. Okay. And so did uh, Barry Blackman's wife was probably oh, yes, a motivating yes. factor behind that decision. Uh, well, Potter Stewart, that's the one Brent goes off on and about his wife, right? No, Blackman. Okay. But he saw Blackman speak. And when somebody went up afterwards to ask a question, he, the wife was touring with him and had seen him at the previous appearance and recognized this guy. And when the guy came up to ask Blackman a question, the wife gets between them and starts telling him. Now, Brent witnessed that. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to Dave here. Dave, what else? Oh, Roger, you Dave. Yeah, on. yeah. So my, my question was, Roger, and, and I know it's easy to get up on different topics and stuff. So I was saying the other night, um, <clears throat> and I didn't know the answer to this, uh, and that is regarding a 401k plan that you have not exercised. So I'm I'm retired now, but I don't I don't get into that until I'm 70, some 70 and a half years old. My question is: Is that is that once you become a national, uh, is that non-taxable as well? Should be, should be. 
uh, and uh, you should be able to get your full amount out without any withholding when you uh, become eligible. Okay, that that answers the question. Because I, and the only reason for it was that I know there's a, a set of rules and laws surrounding, you know, the treatment of that and yeah. how you get it and whatnot. And I was just wondering if this exempts you from it. Well, so, it exempts you from it. But question. here's the potential problem: is who is handling it that you're going to have to deal with that doesn't understand this stuff, and you're going to have to educate them. Again, why okay. I well, it's learn- not it's not with uh, it's not with a company now because I've, I've I've retired. It's it's managed by my financial planner. Okay, well then you shouldn't have any problems. Yeah, here's an interesting <laughs> article. And, um, anxious to start reading your book. Okay, well it's a it's a life changing piece of work. It changes people's lives. Okay. Well, that's good. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. The reason for that is because it changes the way you think, and you can't change the way you think yep. without changing the way you live. Yep. Well, I, as I said, I am looking very much forward to it. Okay. Well, give us a give us your feedback when you get into it. It's a you know, Glenn. That was an 80-page manuscript that I wrote back in about 2005, best I can remember. And John and Glenn, realizing what I had developed here and the importance of it, took the 80-page manuscript and made it into that book. Now, Glenn did all the writing. Glenn has won a case at the Supreme Court when he was in prison for another inmate. It is exceptionally well written. Okay. Interesting. Oh. Yes, there's somebody right there. Hi, Roger. Um, this is uh, Chris Ng Molinas. I've been trying to get on for two days, and I just kept trying to get on through my phone and the, yeah. through the radio rant app. And thank you for sending me the phone number to call. And finally, I was like, oh, why can't I get on here? There but you anyway, um, now you're the, um, you're the person that, hold on, hold on, hold on, slow down, slow, slow down just a minute ago. Can you hear me? You, yes, you were turned on to this by my old friend, Debbie Nugent. Yep. <laughs> Debbie's been talking about it to me for months, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll look at it, I'll look at it, and finally got to the stage where I'm like, Deb, give me the information. She's like, no. Don't get ahead of yourself. You have to watch the whole video. Look at all these other things. Take a look at Deanna Spignola's, uh, the the uh, 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 podcast that you had with her and the newest John, or the John B. Wells one most recently. And then she's like, and then you can call in and ask questions once you have a basic understanding of what you need to do uh, for any of the other things that you may have additional questions of uh, because, of course, Roger, you're like a, plethora of information and so i'm excited we actually tried to go down yesterday to file our affidavits which you know the lord's providential hand on it we had messed up a couple things so we weren't able to do it yesterday and i'm glad because then after i talked to debbie and reread some of the documents uh, on that matrix doc uh, 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 website then i was able to see a couple of the errors that i need to fix 
Well, there's but, a very um, good. There's so a, the, my husband, myself, and my daughter and her child. We're going to get. We're all going to do the affidavits and uh, get the passports and the passport cards and the whole nine yards, um, so that we can opt out of that tyrannical system. And uh, for the most part, even though we're, you know, obviously still going to be in the United States and still have to deal with the devil, as it were, since he is alive and well. Um, but there were just a couple of questions that I had. Um, kind of a little outside of the scope of, of for U.S. nationals, specifically uh, when you spoke about the 13th and 14th Amendments and how uh, basically they uh, took, took away God-given rights and, and in place put the civil rights portion of it. My future son-in-law, actually, he is not uh, he is a non-resident alien, and he's going through a little bit of some, uh, some uh, All right. uh, legal on. issues. Hold on. And uh, I was even trying to contact his lawyer and tell him, hey, maybe you need to look at those because I don't think that the rights that they are, uh, that they are using to prosecute him in some kind of way are even legal because he's not even a national okay. or even... All right. A resident or a U.S. citizen. Okay. Um, and on. I was wondering if there were additional resources that you may have had in that vein, you know, outside of the scope of, um, you know, like keeping everybody on the on the call to, to have to listen to that kind of stuff. But right. well, do you have any you. resources for that or any wow. ideas about right. where we might right. go to find some information on that? Wow. Take a breath. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> um Debbie and, I are, you know, Debbie and I, what our jobs are, we're, we're fast talkers. Okay. Uh, well, she may be a slower well, talker we had, than me, but I'm definitely With our talker, system so here, <laughs> we can't have a dialogue, unfortunately, because, because of the way necessity dictates. But let me go back to what you said. Your son-in-law is a non-resident alien? Right. He's from uh, – he was – he came to the United States – when he was in the third grade from Haiti. All right. And um, he's, and he's being prosecuted for some things uh, that they're saying are within uh, some legal mumbo-jumbo for sure, but that I'm thinking uh, based upon if you were a national, how you'd be basically that kind of diplomatic status, that if in some way some of those sorts of things may translate if you're, him, a, if, you're uh, a national, if you're a national, basically no man-made laws apply to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, you threw us off with that term non-resident alien. Okay. Did, did your son-in-law, when he immigrated from Haiti, was he ever naturalized? No. He's been here. How old is he? Twenty-six. So I guess he, every here. year he has to file for a work visa, work authorization visa. And I, I guess there was some kind of status whenever they had let a huge population influx of Haitians at that time, which, you know, was like 20-plus years ago. Um, but that he and his mother, um, who live here, they have to, every year they have to fill out paperwork to renew, basically, work authorizations but they are not citizens, and no, they're not naturalized. They're not. Are they green card holders? 
No. They're not. It was some kind of weird thing where they, I guess, I, I never fully understood that, but they, they let a whole bunch of folks come in from Haiti back 20-some years ago, and the only requirement when they're of working age is that every year or every two years they have to fill out paperwork so that they can get a work visa okay. authorization to be able to work okay. and, so and move freely through the United States. What I mean, they? they pay taxes. That sort of thing, but um, I'm just wondering, like, where that that he may have some. There, there might be some kind of out on the trouble that he's gotten into no, to a point, no. because potentially he's not beholden to well, some of the laws. But I don't know. Well, okay, uh, I mean, that's what, kind of like a separate thing, and that's why I said I didn't want to belabor um, the you know everybody to have to to listen to that. But okay. maybe you have a resource I'm that trying, I might be able to tap I'm, into. I'm trying to have a dialogue here with you and it's it's difficult okay they what are they being charged with okay. i'm sorry uh uh well so he had gotten he the whole it's turned into a drug thing but it shouldn't have been there from the beginning so i mean i'm not saying that he's perfectly without fault but um when we went to the suppression hearing the the judge basically disregarded the law because somebody had called in and said, oh, we saw this person, and they appeared to be reckless driving, and he was parked in a legal parking spot with the engine off in the car, with the keys out of the ignition, sitting in the car. A police officer pulled up behind him and and told, and told said he wanted to search his vehicle, which he said several times, because for whatever reason, the, uh, the lawyer gave us the body cam footage, which was kind of wacky, um, but he kept saying, I do not consent, I do not consent, and they trampled all over that portion of it and said, oh, yeah, we found some marijuana, you know, that sort of thing, and then he was incarcerated for that, and the lawyer initially said, well, I think we'll be able to get at the suppression hearing that they didn't have probable cause for the stop, and then they they said, so are you saying that they immediately as the police officer pulled up behind him that he was automatically detained? And they expected to hear an argument about that. But then the officer said yes. And so the lawyer said, so you're telling me that if anyone anywhere ever calls and says, hey, I see this person driving recklessly, that the second that the police pull up behind you, you're automatically detained without cause. And the, and the judge said yes. And uh, they were flabbergasted, frankly. They okay. said uh, well, that the a... judge broke the law, and now they want to take it to appeal. And oh. it's like, well, okay, uh, well, we're way so, off. We're way yeah. off in the weeds here. Okay, way yeah. off in the weeds. I, I don't know if this, if he uh-huh. was a national, which if he would have naturalized and became a citizen, and then put in an affidavit, he would be a national. He'd have to go through that process. Uh-huh. If so, those are man-made laws, and technically they shouldn't apply to him. None of these drug laws, none of these gun laws, none of these traffic laws, none of those things should apply to him. The problem you're getting into, is all of our problems here are in local locations. We don't have any problems with the feds. Uh, in all the years I've been doing this, I can't remember one incident where the feds came after somebody. But now you're getting into this local jurisdiction and these judges that are a little uh, a little lord of the fiefdom there that they oversee, and that's your problem. 
Okay, and I can't help him. With that. I can't help him. Okay. Right, and I figured I just thought you might know a resource in all your years of dealing with it. Like, oh, this person is a good. Well, let me promise you. you I try not to deal with crap like this. Whether or not he's even beholden to Thirteenth and Fourteenth Amendments because he's not a citizen at all. Okay, well, you know. I try and teach people how to change their status that are eligible, and oh, and I can't get into everybody's personal circumstances and situations. We do that. We try to help people. Yeah. But this one's a, a real weird one, okay? So let's get back to you and your questions uh-huh. on this, all right? And would you – your name was unusual. Could you pronounce it for me again? So, yeah, my full first name is Chris and Shanna, so it looks like two words, really, Chris and Shanna, but I go by Christine. That's just the shortened version. That was my grandmother's name. Christine? Christine? Is it Christine? (laughs) Did you say you go by Christine? Yes. Christine, like Chris and Sing. Christine. 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 Okay. Tallulah, Christine. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, let's get to your questions, okay? So, so the, the question that I had is if you, once we get all the things taken care of and we have the national status, which when we turn in all of our paperwork, I don't think that there'll be any issue with that. If you happen to owe back taxes, there's nothing you can do retroactively about that. Is that correct? How far back? Well, so, you know, Debbie and I, we're... You know the job that Debbie has. We have the same job, but um, generally I'm 1099, and so it's it's accumulated every year that I owe taxes, and I'm on a pay plan with the IRS, and it's quite a considerable amount of taxes. Um, I think when I was speaking to Debbie, she said, I believe that from when you file and you become a national, then moving forward, you don't have that issue. But I don't believe there's anything you can do about in the past, which is probably the last three or four years. You haven't answered my question yet. How far back? Is it 50,000 or more? (laughs) Uh, It's right at 50,000, actually. Okay. And it was three or four years. All right. Is it in collections? No. File your affidavit quick. Yeah. Okay. How many here, – here's the problem that you may have. When you went into this agreement with the IRS, you signed a contract with them to do that. And part of the stipulations, uh, if it adheres to the others, one of the things you agreed to is to file 1040 forms for the next five years. Have you done that? Not – No. I think that's probably in the agreement. If it's not, I'd be shocked. Okay. Now, how how many years ago did you enter into the agreement with them? Uh, like three years ago okay. or well, two years you, ago. Well, you need yeah. to go back and find out. Have you, filed, <laughs> have, have you been filing since then, Paul? This uh, Have you been filing since then? I have. I file every year, but so I'm in Florida, and I took advantage of that extension from Hurricane Ian uh, that we didn't have to file 
21 taxes until March of this year. Um, so I just filed those. And so, and then I haven't filed my 2022s. I asked for an extension. Okay. Now you're going to need to go back to the agreement and see if that's part of the agreement that you file for five years. Okay. Okay. Now, Here's your About ace. If you didn't have that crap right there, you got an ace in the hole. I'm not sure how that agreement messes with your ace in the hole, quite frankly. Okay. The ace uh-huh. in the hole is uh-huh. called revocation of election. And if you weren't under that agreement, you could go back and pay your the returns you owe for those years then go back and do a revocation of election with the IRS and they'll send you three years back. But I don't know how that muddies the water with an agreement when you're in a payment plan. Quick point. Yes, Paul. The the point is point I was trying to make is she's got to file an affidavit with the secretary of state and get her passport before she has 50,000 in collections. Otherwise they won't issue her a passport. So she also has to deal with that as well. well. It's not in collections because she signed. Right. Well, I'm not there. Thank goodness. Hold hold on. (laughs) You're not in, they're not, she's not in collections probably because she signed the agreement with them and they didn't have to go to collections. They agreed. So, hmm. so they I might don't know how election. I don't Does know. It how... it they might. Hmm, I hope not. That was the other worry that I had that it wouldn't uh, make them say, "Okay, we'll pay us everything now." Once I file the affidavit, <laughs> I, 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 you know, it all hinges on the agreement and what you agreed to in that agreement. Okay, so you're going to need to go back and do a little homework. Yeah, I'll that. have to pull that. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, you you just don't know what you're really doing when you're when you're signing up for some of these things. That you know when they when they say that old adage, the only things that are sure are death and taxes. You just feel like, oh well, that's just life. Now here's something Um, I toyed with. Here's something (laughs) I toyed with mentally on your situation a while back. So I got to thinking, knowing that that clause is in there. Okay, could you sign an agreement with the IRS on this payment thing? And part of the agreement is that you're going to file returns for the next five years, and you file your affidavit simultaneously or about the same time as entering the agreement. Could you then file five years of zero returns? If you file five years of zero returns, would that fulfill the requirement of you having to file five years in the agreement you entered into? And I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to dig into that to see. see. I, I mean, if I do owe it, then I do. You know, it's it's in the past, okay. and as you said, I, I if I did sign a contractual obligation, of course I'd be – more than happy to not have to pay it, especially with how they, uh, any of the taxes that we have paid into the system are just so obviously squandered and there's no, there's no, uh, repercussions or any checks and balances on how they willy nilly spend any of the money that anybody puts into the system. No, 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 they weren't squandered. Those funds weren't squandered. 
they went to pay the bondholders on a legitimate debt. They weren't squandered. None of it goes to the running of the country. It goes to the bondholders. Uh-huh. Well, I just meant so insofar as, for I instance, whenever meant. Biden went I, over on President's Day, right, I, to the I, Ukraine and said, Congress has approved $200 million, but by executive order, I just went ahead and added another $800 million, like so magnanimous of him with, I, with no oversight. I understand, that's, that's kind of what I was saying. I understand what you were saying. I was straightening you out in your thinking. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that it's all about the bondholders all along. It's just all of it is kind of a, a ruse or circular to, the, the, to try to deceive see, us about where the, the money is actually the fact, um, going. The yeah, fact, I get that. It's the horrible. fact that those bondholders have to get paid is the linchpin of the system. That's why the income tax was brought in. This is the linchpin. Mm. You see, mm-hmm. this is the one real strong thing we've got. If we can get this message out wholesale and get 10 or 20 million people filing this and pulling themselves out of the tax system, the system goes down or else the Jews have to pay all of it out of their own pockets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm trying to encourage as many people as I can. I've, I, I've said probably 15, 20 people, the uh, Deanna Spignola uh, Rumble uh, podcast, uh, just to try to tweak their interest. And I've had a few people come back and say, oh, I've never even thought of that. And I was like, look at it. (laughs) Uh, I I can only do what I can do in my small area, right, my small sphere of influence. So, uh, But I'm definitely trying. All we can do is put it in front of people and see if if it resonates with them. Okay. I mean, that's the lesson I've learned. So we got just a couple of minutes here. What else? Do you have another question? Uh, well, I appreciate I appreciate your your uh, your thoughtfulness uh, on those answers, but I'll I'll, uh, okay, I'll yield. Well, we're here I thank every you. day as the questions come up. We're right here. You're welcome to call in. Who had another one right there? Yeah, this is Dave again, Roger. Um, just got noticed that I'll receive in the mail today um, my license renewal and my, uh, my – this is a driver's license. And my understanding from listening to you is that I don't need to do that if I have my um, uh, passport and, and uh, car. Is that correct? Dave, it depends on you, buddy. That decision right there is yours, not mine. Okay, but but you you can present uh, my understanding of all the stories that that I've heard in listening to you of people to get pulled over and present their uh, passport instead are therefore then they run that car, the police whoever stops you runs it through the system they then recognize who you are and say have and, a nice day and, okay. and sometimes they do and Joe will tell you sometimes they don't. This is where you're dealing with local jurisdictions. Okay. And I can't so tell you. Is, I can't, is it better to have both? You know, the traffic thing, it depends on you and your personality and how aggressive you want to get with us. Okay? Uh-huh. To me, 
it's if, if if it's like you, we have this situation where the guy gets pulled over speeding, he gets a ten dollar ticket. Uh, 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 there was a speeding ticket and a ten dollar seatbelt ticket. He goes into the judge. He goes into the judge's chambers. He had put them on notice properly. Okay, and the judge looks at him over the desk and said, "I read your affidavit." He said, "Go down the hall and pay the ten dollar." seatbelt fine and it all goes away and he said no and decided to fight it so he went into court uh-huh. and the judge levied him a $10 seatbelt fine pay the fine this is if you don't have yourself together and a real belligerent you don't want to fight those battles pay the ticket and go on about your way is my suggestion but you do what you want. Okay. You have to be empowered to feel comfortable with um, using your passport. If you're using your driver's license, you're well, going to yeah. contract. It, my question is, 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 is it legal to drive on that without having a license? It's, and you just have your passport. It's lawful. Yes, it is. It's lawful. Lawful and legal are different. Okay, well, we got the exit music going on here, and we'll have this afterwards, so just hang around, but we got to officially get off of the uh, stream here, so we're going to do that in a very spirited discussion today, uh, so uh, hope you got something out of it, um, and we will be back tomorrow and probably get into some more of this, too, so uh, you guys just... Get your arms around the information. If you're new, concentrate on the concepts. You go digging into statutes and stuff, you're going to get confused because you don't have your arms around what's going on. I'll see you tomorrow.